Welcome to another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach. Here's your host, Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Welcome, Columbus. Welcome back to Ask Our Parent Coach. Uh, this show is brought to you by Working With Parents, Central Ohio's leading parenting experts and coaches, where we create a safe place for parents to seek help, support on topics such as parenting, communication, relationships, and emotional intelligence. I'm Terry Manrique. And I'm Alina Greif. So our special guest today is Kavita Shahel. Uh, Kavita's business is called Compassionism. And we are so excited to have another guest with us today from UK. So Kavita, welcome to the show. Very happy Thank to you. have you. And uh, would you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself and your journey how you got on this career path. Yes, absolutely. So um, thank you for having me, first and foremost, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and also your podcast is brilliant, just as an FYI to everybody oh, who's never been you. on here before. It's an excellent podcast. Thank you. So you're welcome. I started off as a young girl wanting to study medicine. And then it sort of became just, it just didn't, materialized because I just realized how much studying was involved and I was like yeah no thanks you know being a doctor wasn't quite uh, the fun it made it felt like it was going to be so I studied biochemistry and then worked in a lab for a little while didn't want to do that and went back to university to do an MBA and I fell into the career I was doing and I worked in the corporate sector and this is you know when I spoke to Terry before I mentioned to her that I'd worked in a range of fields. So I've worked in the not-for-profit, I've worked mm -hmm. in charities, I've worked in the corporate sector, I've worked for, public se for the public sector. And the one thing that all of these places had in common is the toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. And so feeling like I wanted to do something about it because I fell into training. So I was working in business development for a, a technology marketing company and I started doing a lot of training with a lot of people on all sorts of different topics, mostly around sales and people management. But I started doing the, you know, the NLP route of how do I help people overcome some of the issues with communication? So that was really the focus, right? So a lot of the toxicity, obviously, there's external factors in the toxic work environment, but a lot of them have to do with how we relate and communicate with one another and how we're very dis disconnected from our sense of compassion, I feel, especially at work, because you have all of these deadlines to meet um, and things that you have to do. And then I just sort of started furthering the, the training and I ended up doing coaching while I was working and not realizing that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was more about adding to the toolbox, right, to kind of say, well, I now need a formal way of doing this that gives it some kind of structure and a bit of framework and a methodology to kind of go, OK, well, let's work through these particular things so that I can help you in the best possible way. And even with my team that I was working with to do some coaching with them to deal with some internal issues, you know. And so I did the NLP master practitioner. I then went and did uh, clinical hypnotherapy and then worked into some CBT. So I was doing more the therapeutic piece mm -hmm. um, of, of coaching. And I said, I, you know, my mother, so I left the corporate sector and I wrote my book, Compassionism, which is on Amazon, which I'll tell you about later. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I wrote the book after leaving the corporate sector because I wanted to have a family. And I wasn't going to have a family while, with all the traveling I was doing. And so I ended up working for myself um, and doing coaching that way. And my mother got sick and she was dying. So I had my daughter um, and my mother got very sick when my daughter was 14 months old. 
and she moved in with us. And we had gone into this two-generation family to a three-generation family where my mum, there was my mother, me, my daughter, obviously my husband is here. But from that perspective of caretaker, of having those two generations, kind of changed my perspective and focus of what I wanted to do. And the work that I am leading towards and doing now is very much to do with women and learning to problem solve, but really connecting to a space of compassion. So how do you problem solve not from an alpha male perspective, but how do you problem solve in the, I say traditional, but the the role of in your sitting in your feminine mm-hmm. You know, not so much, yeah, yeah, rather than just it always being masculine, Mm -hmm. because it's very alpha male dominated, you know, the problem solving piece. Um, So, yes, so that's what I'm doing now. And sadly, my mother passed away in January and my father not long after. And they both died of cancer literally within five and a half months of each other. Mm. So it's been a tragic year. But in terms of the journey, actually, it's about it is about compassion. Thank you for that acknowledgement. But Mm -hmm. it's just you know, it's very much about compassion. It's very much about leadership mm-hmm. um, and working with women. But that piece around how do you make decisions and how do you, you know, I know it sounds very absurd to think of love in the corporate sector, but how do you bring that and make that come alive? Mm-hmm. The understanding. I think it's just really in the corporate sector is that understanding for yeah. other people and their situation or, you know, sometimes we just see the person, but we don't see what's behind the doors or on the other side or, you know, what their family dynamic looks like or what their situation looks like, right? So we take, we take uh, I think, other humans for granted and we don't apply any compassion at all when we, see, when we see them. Yeah, but it's also applying that same piece to our homes, right? So right. There's an element of how do you take a conversation that is potentially destructive and change it into something that is generative and can create new opportunities and new possibilities. Mm-hmm. So imagine in the home, right? There's so many frustrations in a home and you do a parenting podcast. Like there's times where your children will drive you mental, <laughs> yes. like literally <laughs> drive you mental. And you're like, oh my God, like how am I going to function as a human today? And mm-hmm. you forget that that moment of compassion and softness and there's this this anger that might take over you and it's not okay but it's also giving yourself the permission to forgive yourself and go where's the learning and how do I bring more compassion mm-hmm. like how do I change this destructive piece that I'm bringing in my home because of my frustration and my own stuff and the own pressures in my life to create something new and new possibilities mm-hmm. so that's where I am now in this time of my life to kind of create those possibilities with people in their home lives or professional lives or, you know, just achieving the things they want to achieve, these women. So leadership doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to, you know, stand for vice president or president. It's it's almost saying, well, how do you lead your home and your families and your lives mm-hmm. embodying this piece of compassion? And I love that you have a book called um, Compassionism, because I also have a book called The CPR Philosophy, which is Applying Compassion, Patience and Respect. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it, you know, it's, I, I think you have to have, you have to ha- apply that all the time to uh, areas within yourself, you know, you have to have compassion for yourself as well. And sometimes we forget about that. Very much so. I mean, how many times, I mean, especially this year, right? When, and yes. this is for everybody, this goes for everyone. Women are seeing 
such a high rise in domestic violence cases at home, we're stuck in these spaces of people are losing their jobs, we can't travel, where, you know, there's so many things that our lives have changed this year. There has been so much impacted on everybody. There's no one who hasn't been in, impacted in some way, shape or form in this year um, with the pandemic. I mean, I personally, I've lost both my parents as well. So there's my kind of that compass of life is just gone. And you're just like, oh, my God, now I have to adult, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and finding that space of compassion for self to go, this really sucks. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. And how can I find a way of being kind to myself? And even if that means that I sit and cry for an hour, but it's mm-hmm. acknowledging that that's what's happening for us. Mm-hmm. So Kavita, when you work with your clients, mm-hmm. um, are there specific tools or specific techniques or tips that you teach people to more get in touch with that side of compassion that we all have inside us? How do you, how do you start working with someone in, in, in that direction? I think it's always meeting someone in their world, right? So start wherever that person is. So whatever is going on for them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming, but I think the best place to start is self-awareness. It's the acknowledgement of what's mm-hmm. going on for ourselves. Like we're so, and I think women are particularly good at doing this. We are so good at being the caretakers of everybody else that very often We don't Mm -hmm. listen to what our body is saying. We don't listen to what our soul is screaming for or Mm -hmm. what's happening with our emotions. It's like we're, Mm -hmm. and also with our numbing culture, right? Like let's just open a bottle of wine or (laughs) let's just go and, I I know in the the US you have a a huge problem with, is it oxycodone? Yes, oxycodone. Yeah, and people kind of just, self-medicating to numb that pain or Mm -hmm. numb our emotions but actually it's the awareness of I am my light and I am my shadow and I am so much more than that Mm -hmm. but I think that's the best place to start really to kind of say well who am I what do I stand for and and often we don't know because how how if I asked you well what are your values lady what do you value you'll probably Mm -hmm. rattle off a few things to me so very often we don't know what we value until someone literally comes to loggerhead and goes, whack, oh, I didn't realize I valued that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Until somebody literally right. plows through it and you're like, oh, that's a value I didn't know I had mm-hmm. because it, it evokes some kind of emotion in us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, certainly the, the starting point for really anybody, but really meeting people in their own world first, you know, yes, just to try I, and find yes. out where they are. Yes. I also love how, you know, you told us a story about you starting in a corporate world, which is also my experience as well. I I spent most of my life in the corporate world. And just like you, I got into teaching emotional intelligence and then got into coaching from there. It's a very similar journey. But what I also noticed is that we know from research, there's so much extensive research done that people leave jobs usually because of a manager who doesn't appreciate them or doesn't show compassion and doesn't show empathy. A lot of people will look for someone else or another position because of that. Um, And yet in a corporate world, right, sometimes you feel that even saying that or teaching that or explaining to people how important compassion is, 
it's still not well accepted, uh, I feel like, in some places. I think it's also a lot of that is cultural. Yes, um, it is. You know, like I was, you know, when I spoke to Terry the first time we, we had a chat, I mentioned to her how in the U.S., your employment laws are very different to the UK or even yes. anywhere else in Europe, right? You have this mm -hmm. hire and fire at will. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't yes. like you today. <laughs> Off you go. And it's like, well, no, that's not how it works. Right, you, right. Especially here. And I think smaller organizations, actually, there's a lot of large organizations that have cottoned on, right? And yes, mm -hmm. there's an ulterior motive, right? It's if I look after and care for my staff, mm -hmm and give them that space to, to grow and develop and nurture them and actually say, okay, you are not the problem. The problem is out here. How do we as a collective mm -hmm. solve this problem? Right. Actually, it benefits me as an employer because I make more money. Because if I look after my staff, my staff right. are looking after my customers. Right, exactly. It, it almost know, feels like a yeah. no-brainer, really. Yeah, I used to um, I used to teach leadership classes in a corporate setting. And one of those things I would teach managers and I would tell leaders is that if you don't take care of your people, your people will not take care of your mission. Mm -hmm. Right. If you really want them to take care of your mission, you have to care about your people. Um, and it's it goes back to what you're talking about, Kavita, is compassionate, being compassionate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Compassionism. And I um, use the word compassionism yeah. because it's about the extremism, right? So how do you bring the extremism of compassion? Because when we look in Google compassion, the most of the things that come up are about religion or, you know, but actually that's not the mm -hmm. compassion I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do you just be human and sit with your, and I'm not saying don't have a difficult conversation because you have to have difficult conversations, right. but how do you have a difficult conversation that actually can be open-minded? You can be generative. Still. Yeah. Yeah. To create something new, to have a new option. And sometimes you don't have an option. Sometimes you have to help fire people because there's some gross, mm -hmm. you know, negligence or misconduct in some way. And there's always going to be people like that. but And that's okay. But it's like well, when you're parenting, right? It's like you're going to screw up when you're a parent. It's a given. Nobody mm -hmm. wrote the book on it. And I wish they bloody well had because I could burn all the rest of my parenting books because no one in there says you're going to screw up a million times in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's the same with the corporate sector. And it's just acknowledging mm -hmm. I have messed up. And how mm -hmm. am I going to now fix it? Because it's fixable. It's not, you know, unless it's something drastically awful most things mm -hmm. can be fixed and repaired and corrected and you can adjust course yeah and you know it, it's when you say that you know I was a director for 10 years and I was doing part of the HR so part of my my um, responsibilities was hiring and firing right and letting people go and that it's not the easiest thing to do but sometimes you know I think you can easily you could also let someone go with compassion. And yeah. one of the things that I would do, you know, when I knew that this person no longer was serving us or the company or the classroom, you know, I went with that space. Like you're not happy. You're, it's very clear. You're not mm -hmm. happy here. So what can, what will make you happier? You know, what, where do you see yourself? Because I don't see that you see yourself here. Cause if you were happy here, you would have a different outcome. It would be a different situation. It would be a different scenario, but it's clear that you are not happy here. How can we help you find what you're looking for?
How can we help you look for what's out there for you and that's more suited for you? How can we navigate that for you? What can we do? What resources can we pull for you? Right? So it's more of that compassion and say instead of making an employee feel like they're useless or they're no good or they're not worth it, you know, and then just letting them go. But I mean, giving them the guidance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, helping them discover where their journey is supposed to lead them. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. But there's also a piece around um, people being engaged, right, and having some kind of purpose and focus and having mm-hmm. having the ability to know that you can communicate with someone at the senior level within an organization because the top three people in an organization create the culture. That's yes. just it, right? They create the culture of the organization. And if you cannot mm-hmm address that or even challenge it or even be up for them to be open enough like I remember I didn't leave because I was unhappy I left because it was time you know I, it mm-hmm. got to the point where I wasn't learning anything new I could have done my job with my hands tied behind my back and it just feel like I was challenged anymore and I was like right you know what? I think it's time to change now so I remember going for breakfast we went for actually I went for brunch with my old boss and we were sat down and I said to him I was like you're not engaged in your business anymore it feels like you've checked out and you know it was like a goodbye brunch and we chatted and he just wanted to know what was happening you know because sometimes people don't feel open enough to have that conversation with their bosses yes I agree with you there but it's how nice is it that when you can because actually Mm -hmm. it benefits both people Yes, because then you get it's feedback isn't it it's not saying actually you're doing Mm -hmm. something wrong it's saying well I saw a time when you were engaged and you were really passionate and you you felt like this was your mission. What's happened? Mm-hmm. Right. And that goes two ways. It goes for the owner of the company. It goes for, you know, it, it's everyone needs that feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depends. I mean, and it's, yeah. It's Sorry. the way you approach it too, you know, yeah. I, you know, with my executive director, there was times that I had to say, do I have permission to tell you something as a friend, you know, and, and to get give you some guidance of what I'm seeing, you know, when you come to from that space, people are more open and willing to listen at the same time. Yes, because it's a, it's a place of wanting to help rather than wanting to hurt, mm-hmm. right? And it right. and sometimes it comes out all wrong, doesn't it? And and then you do end up hurting. But it's how do you communicate that intention in a way that is received as well as it possibly can be? And I think it's the same thing with relationships, Absolutely. right? You have to use that same logic, um, that same compassion when you communicate with your kids and when you communicate um, when you communicate with your partner as well, right? Yes. I mean, it is so important. Yeah, to I'm laughing as you're just- saying this. Yeah. I am laughing. And the reason I'm laughing is because I was the kind of person that I would, when I was really mad, I would smash a plate. Like, you know, I'd be like, I never <laughs> smash. Don't come to my house. I have very mismatched side plates. <laughs> but I'm all joking aside. The reality is no one is in control of my anger but me, right? But right. it's like right. I said earlier, mm-hmm. someone will bump up against a value and then suddenly you're like, hang on, I don't appreciate that. And what I have learned to do, and the reason I'm laughing is what I learned to do, and this is about, I'd say maybe six or seven years ago, I have now, when I'm angry with my husband, I now actually tell him, honey, do you know what? I'm actually quite angry with, with well, not him per se, but I'm angry with a situation or a particular behavior that I 
that triggered something in me, right? So I say to mm-hmm. him, look, I'm angry about something. I can't articulate it to you very well right now. So please, can you just leave me be and we'll talk about it when I can. And I, mm-hmm. oh my God, yes, he's a bit like, oh, pants, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but there's no more plate smashing, you'll be pleased to hear. But there's also um, there's also an element of, actually, it gives me peace. And it gives me a, me space to go declutter all the emotion, right? To kind of go, okay, what is this about? How do I communicate this and actually have a good relationship with my husband? Because he's my partner, right? Rather than just literally damaging it all the time by just getting cross. Right. Because you can't undo that damage, really. Absolutely. So that's why I was la- laughing, Elena, Elena, when you were saying that, because it's, <laughs> yes, it's so true. It is, right? It is. And a lot of what we coach our parents on and what we are so passionate about is teaching couples how to communicate to each other with compassion, right, with respect and learning to process your emotions so that you are not a hot mess who is, you know, smashing plates, throwing plates across. (laughs) Not at people, by the way, I should just say it was never at someone. It was always, you know, yes, somewhere safe. Like I did, I did have that sense of mind to go. It's just going out the window where there's nobody there. I'm just like chucking it out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we teach our, we teach a lot of our clients to go in with the approach of a soft startup, right? The way you would go into a conversation is the way the conversation is going to end. So, and then being more proactive about having conversations when you're not in a heated moment, right? To take yes. the time to sit down and say, this was a very difficult week. Can we sit down and talk about this week so that we can work through it and how we can manage it, it for the next time? Yeah. And I think that's really what it is. I think you always have to be very proactive with the intentions um, when you're going into a conversation with a partner or a coworker or your child, right? Yes. What are the absolutely. intentions? Because right. I, you know, and also don't be afraid to apologize when you have messed up. I think that's a big thing. I apologize to my three and a half year old, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. she will literally do that. She will get me to the end of my tether and I'm doing the one, two, three and actually by the time I get to three I'm like I actually don't know what I'm going to do now because mm-hmm. I got to the number three what, what was mm-hmm. my yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this that's why we keep going to ten <laughs> and you're like you get to two and you're like okay I better slow down because I don't know what's gonna happen actually that's happen right. when I get to three and, just... and they're just looking at you on the other side saying yeah what are you gonna do What's no she's happen? terrified of getting to number three because she like my face gets more cross <laughs> yeah <laughs> I give her that look that my my mum used to give me that put me in the corner I'd be like mum's mm, angry um but you <laughs> know, know it's so just funny. but it's just apologizing to her and I do and I do say mm-hmm. to her sweetheart I'm really sorry mummy was cross with you you yeah. know because it's not her fault that I'm angry right that right. is I right. want her to listen to me but it's I'm my anger is my anger and mm-hmm. or my annoyance or my irritate or whatever it may be you know it's just she's not responsible for that and she needs to know that she's not responsible for it that's correct. But, but she also needs to understand mm-hmm. that, con- you know, actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And Absolutely. yeah, so it's it's trying to find that balance as a parent. God, it's so hard being a parent, isn't it? I wish there was a, a real handbook that said, uh, stay away from the gin because that will destroy you. Um, <laughs> 
surprise. Yeah, just you know, it's not a, it's not a joke when they say it takes a village to raise a child, and we're not in a village yes, anymore. We believe in that. Yes, we so believe absolutely. In that as well. Yes, um, Kavita, this was such a phenomenal conversation, and uh, we we definitely had so much fun talking to you. And but it is a serious topic and a very very important topic as yes. well. So would you tell our listeners, how can they reach you? How can they find you? Um, what is the best way to get in touch with you? So I have a Facebook page called Compassionism. Uh, and so you can find me on there. But you can also have a look at Compassionism.com, which is a work in progress, might I add. Um, I just, you know, mm-hmm. with the chaos of life, I have not had the time or, in fact, inclination to learn about tech stuff. I've had a few quotes. I'm, I'm getting there. It will be done eventually. Okay. But, it's um, a learning process. It's a That's learning okay. process. It's a beautiful um, journey. I much rather see here's the thing everybody would rather do some kind of work rather than the background stuff, right? I'd much rather do the coaching. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. leave the details to somebody else. But yes. uh, compassionism. How can, they find your, how can they get your book? It's on Amazon, and at the moment, it's on offer. The Kindle version is on offer, so it's um, on Amazon.com, on Amazon.co.uk. Um, it's on Wordly and uh, Book Depository, um, uh, Waterstones and Blackwell's websites. They're bookstores in the UK, so I don't think you get that in the US. Um, but I'm also mm-hmm. contributing author mm-hmm. of the book Uplift, which was published this year, which is about... Um, Raising Spirits, Sharing Love and Inspiring Hope. So that was published this year in the middle of a lockdown, which was actually perfect timing. Oh. Um, and that mm-hmm. all, the, all the money from this goes to mental health charities. Wow. So, okay. um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really That's it. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah. enjoyed this conversation. We will definitely need to have you back on because I think I felt like it was just a 10-minute conversation, mm-hmm. but it's only it's a half hour already. <laughs> that very fast. It was like we were sitting around having a coffee, but you're on that's the other exactly side of the world. Yes. Right. And that's, those, are, those are the best kinds of conversations. So thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again. So that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Um, If you have any questions and you want us to answer any of your questions, feel free to submit your information to info at ourparentcoach.com. You can also visit our website at workingwithparents.com. And remember to apply the CPR philosophy with compassion, patience, and respect with everyone you come in contact with. Join us next week for another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach with Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the end. We really appreciate you and your time. Feel free to write a review. Let us know how we're doing. And if you'd like to take it a step further, give us some ratings. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to watch for future episodes.